But yes, the church has the structure. Like I'm supposed to go in and uh, like listen to the liturgy of the word and, uh, and participate in the liturgy of the Eucharist. Like, yeah, of course, of course those banks are there. But without the water there, it's not moving things. And it's definitely not like cutting through rock, right? It's not going to the low places and raising it up. And uh, anyway, the metaphor falls short as all metaphors do. But I do think that like we're in a season of the church where a lot of times we can hold on to that form and forget that we need a full like a full participation of water in order for power to be there. Because like who wants to attend a ditch? Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I am here with my good friends and brothers in Christ, Brad Pira and Aaron Richards. Hey, go, hey, hey, guys. So we are back in mm-hmm. in action here at Damascus. Last week, mm-hmm. uh, we had kind of a, after like 12 weeks of mission this summer, we do mm-hmm. like a little hiatus where at least I went on vacation with my family and spent some time in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, uh, with Old Red, amazing. huh? I, I went to Old Red. I got my Old Red <laughs> t-shirt on. It was, uh, uh, it was great. Little country music, uh, restaurant, lots of fun. What, good. Would you guys get out and have some fun? Yeah, what'd you do? I... My story is not very spectacular. I love so non-spectacular I've stories. Shared, I've shared on the show before that our, our family's planning on moving soon. We, yes. we don't have a house yet, so we spent the entire week packing. So hey! Our basement is full of boxes. Like a prophetic act. Good, of like, good hey. prophetic act. The Lord, the Lord yeah. will provide, hopefully. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think I've said it here, but I said it uh, elsewhere that uh, my wife, Nina, and I went with her family to Montana, actually. Okay. And... It was amazing. Just like uh, we were in a part of Montana where you you have spotty service and things. Yeah. <laughs> and just in a world of ministry where it's it's just there's a lot of communication, which is awesome. Getting outside of that and being like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this part of the country. It's as beautiful as people talk about. Like literally as we were driving in, I'm like, I've seen movies like this, but mm-hmm. I, I always thought this was made up, you know? And so the mountains were just awesome and to get away a little bit. But I'm, But it also has made me more excited to be back. Something about like, just like yeah. leaving the day to day for a second. When you come back in, it's like, oh, I love what I do. Yeah. This is awesome. That so. was kind of my experience with vacation. We went to, uh, like I said, the Smoky Mountains and we had this beautiful cabin in the woods and uh, just overlooking the mountains. And we would go back, like hiking throughout the day and see these incredible waterfalls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and if you've never been to Gatlinburg or like, um, what's the, what, the Pigeon Forge, it's kind of funny because like you've got like the beauty of nature in the mm-hmm. mountains and then you've got like, uh, major commercialization right next door. <laughs> and it, it was so funny to watch like my kids, like as like, they loved everything about the mountains when we were in the mountains. But then as soon as you get into like commercialization, it's like, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, you know, it's just like <laughs> this, like, it's like, there's like, we don't need anything when we're in the mm-hmm. grandeur and the beauty of God. And we're totally satisfied. Like mm-hmm. they were totally satisfied playing in the water, jumping off like the rocks, like mm. climbing the waterfall, total satisfaction. Action, but then, like once in commercialization, you it's get like, to the I gift shop. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's something like that's so seductive about that. And I was like angry. I was like, oh man, the beauty and the grandeur mm-hmm. of God's right mm-hmm. there. But then, like, we're being seduced by the world at the same time, yeah. which, which is kind of like what I want to chat about today. Of just like, how do we just like live our lives like completely given over to Jesus Christ? without falling prey to, if you will, the quote, seduction of the world. They, these like these 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 things, because it was like their hearts were in the right place, but there was this like, mm, I don't know how to describe it, almost this like, just because they were in the commercialization, yeah. they were mm-hmm. drawn to the commercialization. Mm-hmm. But when they were in the grandeur of God or just the beauty of nature, they were drawn to that. And it's kind of like wherever we place ourselves, we're just drawn to the things around us. And so if we're mm-hmm. trying to live in the mm-hmm. world but not of the world, well, how do we do that in a way that doesn't accidentally just draw us to the thinking and the mindsets of the world? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it'll be a fun show. If you're first-time uh, listener or viewer of Beyond Damascus, we're a show where Encounter Meets Mission. So our hunger is to not only be men and women who encounter the living God, but who are also mobilized 
to be missionaries for the power of God. As you say, Aaron, we're all called to be full-time missionaries. So, Aaron, do you want to open us in prayer just so our hearts would be made attuned to the glory of God? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Yeah, God, show us again what it means to be converted to you, to, to be built up in habits of holiness and sainthood. God, we pray that you would be the the most attractive part of our life. God, that you would stand above all other temptation, above above all other attraction. And we pray, Jesus, that that um, you'd you'd give us the strength, that supernatural uh, injection of faith that's required to respond with a missionary yes. We want to live our lives for you. We want to live a life that changes lives, that transforms this world. Uh, and God, we say yes to partnership with you again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. So I thought maybe we could start just uh, this uh, experience I had last night at Mass, and it was so interesting that we... so. Um, I went to mass at 5 p.m. at our parish, and I like going to like kind of the evening mass on Sundays because like the like there's just more quiet. And the closing song was um, it, 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 the words were all about giving our life to Christ, and it was like I give you everything, I surrender all. And it was this moment where I'm singing the song. I hear my kids singing the song beautifully, and I open my eyes, and as as I open my eyes, I see, you know, the fa- father has processed out and everyone's already like grabbing everything and starting to walk out of their pews. And it, and it was interesting because there was this moment where the words of the song uh, that we're worshiping are so insanely profound, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I give you everything. I surrender uh-huh. all. And yet... Yeah the church had finished their hour commitment and we were all moseying on to get on with our evening. And uh, it was just this question of like, um, it wasn't out of any judgment. I don't think it was just a question of, do we actually believe these words that Mm -hmm. we sing or do we believe, do we say all of these words as Christians? Like I give Mm -hmm. you my life, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. I give you everything and yet not actually live that reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever felt that, like it wasn't, I wasn't like, it wasn't a spirit of condemnation. It was just like kind of this question of like, these are awesome people who are on at, at mass on Sunday. And like, so already we're like the top 13% of yeah. American Catholics. Yeah. And yet is it possible that we're doing the, the church thing and yet our hearts aren't even there? Uh, I think that's totally real. I mean, I remember a similar similar experience once I was I was at uh I was at mass and I was I was kneeling up toward the front of the church during communion watching people come up to receive the Lord mm-hmm. and I at I guess my my posture at that moment was one of like beautiful piety and receptivity. I thought, man, I'm like I must be like the holiest guy in the world <laughs> yeah. going up mm-hmm. to receive the Lord. <laughs> and then I was watching all these other people go by who, you know, some of them like got to pull the gum out of my mouth so I can receive the Eucharist or just like, and, and I had this moment of, um, again, I don't, I don't think it was motivated toward like an, a cruel judgment, but it was just like, man, do you, do you really understand what it is that you're receiving? And the Lord in that moment took me to a place of like, Hey, Aaron, do you get the fact that like, it's, this is not a linear path where I'm here and you're just under and these poor, pitiful, miserable wretches. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> like you, you, you maybe today by just a luck and twist of fate, like uh, a hair's breadth higher <laughs> in terms of your worthiness mm-hmm. to, to engage. So I think it, it, it's, yeah, it's a big deal, but it's also an invitation to the fact that like by virtue of the fact that we as human beings are called into relationship with God, Every encounter that we have is an act of tremendous grace and mercy mm-hmm. that the Lord offers to us. You know, yeah, Dan, you and your family, and I know you're not going there, but you and your family last night engaging deeply in that moment of worship. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, there's there's not a whole lot that separates like that moment from from the people who are leaving the pews. Yeah. Well- yeah, in a very real way, it, it, there there are two worlds um, existing simultaneously there, right? So, like as you were talking, I was laughing because I just bought a book. I, I sometimes like will go to um, like a used bookstore just to kind of motivate myself to read more, and I just bought Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities, which I haven't read yet. But I was laughing because maybe you're supposed to write a tale of two worlds, Dan. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> because like 
there are two worlds like kind of colliding. And I think uh, the world that we usually live in has a question, something like, um, did I get what I came here to get? Right. So like, well, I'll ask that even in the grocery store sometimes, like, you know, like I'll have yeah. the list, not to say that's a, a wrong question all the time, but like, did I get what I came here to get? Yeah. Okay. Now I got to get out. And, uh, because I have other things to do. Yeah. And, um, in the other world that we enter into at mass, the question is, isn't, did I get what I came to get, but did I give what I came to give? Like, did I actually turn my heart over? Like, was I actually fully here? And I, I see that as a question that's really hard for us, especially in the Western world to ask. Like I I've never been to Africa, but I hear from good friends who have gone over there that the, the celebrations there of the mass, there's nowhere to get to, yeah. like there's not something afterwards. So it just by the nature of that culture, it's oh well, Sunday's a gift. Anyway, we just have all day. And so why don't we worship for yeah, most of it, it you know? And so, um, I don't know. When I think about that, I, I I think about that question. And I will say that I've had experiences where I'll come back from receiving the Lord and he usually moves my heart to intercession, which I know he does kind of for all of us. Um, and I hope it's not from a place of judgment, but I'll just, I'll, I'll start praying that the Lord just saves us all. Yeah. You know, as people approach, like, we don't know what we're approaching. Like, Lord, I just pray you save that person and that person and that person and that person. And and even as they're leaving, if my attention is drawn to them, like just save them, Lord, and me. Like it's not a it's not just a them. To your point, Aaron, it's not like a I'm in a different boat. It's a man. Let us understand that we're in a different world, and this is a world of gift, not a world of get on or get up or whatever. I think what it what it convicts me toward is is the fact that like. There is nothing that we could do that mm-hmm. could make us worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, th- right. That, that that question has been raised and subsequently answered many times, mostly yes. by Jesus. Yes, that we we can we can try to 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 master the religion thing, but truly, uh, you know, what it boils down to is the fact that Jesus calls us to do only the impossible things, mm-hmm. and in order to live this Christian life, like we have to we have to build a disciplined lifestyle of remembering at every moment, Holy Spirit, you're in charge. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you're in charge now. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I can't do anything on my own. You're in charge now. I need to, I need to learn what it's like to surrender. Yeah, but it's these words and I, oh man, yeah, like I surrender all, I give you everything. And it's like, man, I want that so bad with my heart. And yeah. then sometimes my lifestyle isn't matching well, that. Um, so I've been, I've been reading through the gospel of Matthew. Uh, I, was, I was really convicted a number of months ago that I, I need to really just dive back, take another, another jaunt into scripture. Right. Um, and for the last, I guess I'm on week 16 now, last 16 or day 16, the last 16 days, I've been, I've been reading through Matthew a chapter a day. And I I just, I can't remember the last time I read through the gospel as it, like as a narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, and my, my discipline right now is every day I'll, I'll read through once and like study all the footnotes and everything. And then I'll read through again, just asking the Lord to fill me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I suppose is probably common knowledge to our well-versed scriptural theologians. But in, in Matthew's gospel, there's this funny thing around one of the most profound miracles, which is the multiplication of the loaves, mm. right? You've got the multiplication of the loaves to feed the 5,000 and the, the apostles, the disciples who are there and experiencing this and living with this, you know, just this profound moment where the, the miracle of the transformation and the multiplication of bread actually takes place in their own hands as they're going out like, gosh, what a, what an incredible invitation into sharing in the ministry of Jesus. And three, four chapters later, they find themselves again in a place where now they're like, oh crap, we forgot to bring food again. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I, I guess I had never, I, had, I can't remember the last time that I put these two stories so close in proximity uh-huh. to where they are in scripture. <laughs> you fool. And Jesus is like, uh, do you remember what happened last time? Uh-huh. Um, and so then, then, then there's this, this miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. Yeah. And and then again, not three chapters later, they had this other conversation where they forgot the bread again, and uh, and it's just it was it it gave me pause to remind myself of the fact that okay, like these guys were were present at at one of the most like arguably yeah. most profound moments of divine intervention in the history of the world, not once, not twice, but like yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. And they still miss the boat yeah. consistently. How often we forget what the Lord has done in the past. Yeah. Right right. Then or, or the past yesterday, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That, that I think, I think what, what I'm, what I'm coming to is this, this place of like, gosh, if there's any discipline that's important in my life, mm-hmm. it's the discipline of reminding myself that like, 
you can't do anything aside from a radical yes to what the Holy Spirit's doing. Yeah, that like, does give yourself fully to Say yes today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> say yes right now. Because my recognition that I can't do it Im- implies that I need to put my hands in, uh, rather my life into someone's hands who can. Yeah. And I, uh, I I love that because I've been praying through my imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. And uh, the first chapter I just had to go through a couple of times because there's, there's lines that I really wrestle with. And I'm not sure if I fully agree with every single thing he's saying, which is awesome to like wrestle with our amazing saints and amazing um, scripture scholars of the past. But I do love that he starts with the ridding of vanity, yeah. the, the ridding of this idea that I'm somehow in a different state than all of my brothers and sisters. So yeah, it, it, it's this, what I love about what you're saying, Dan, is when I notice that, I begin noticing it in myself throughout the week. Like, man, I'm not, I'm not giving what I'm called to give here with Nina. I'm not giving what I'm called to give here with Dan and Aaron in ministry. I'm not giving like it, it just reminds me that like whoa that that gives me a, a, a like an examination lens well it's like isaiah when he when he sees the the beauty and the glory of god he he falls to his knees and he's like woe to me for i am one with unclean lips and mm-hmm. it's like once yeah that realization that man like it compared to the beauty of god i yeah. i've got so many things yeah. wrong with my imperfection peter too right and lord depart from me yeah right like you're in my boat like you I'm a sinful man. Well, and then that's when God can, it's like, oh, you get it. It's not actually about you. <laughs> it's, it's it's about my glory. And so mm-hmm. that's like when he's like, oh yeah, okay, now I'm going to bless your lips and anoint you to be a prophet to the yeah. nations. And I wonder if maybe I'm jumping to conclusion too quickly here, but you know, what if in those times, because I think, I think those times of frustration are justified, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, yeah, okay. I, I realize there's this disconnect between the fact that I'm sitting here singing, like singing my heart out, but I surrender all and I'm surrounded by people that are yep. getting up and leaving. But rather than rather than let that be a, a moment of discouragement, to let that be a moment of like reconviction, because odds are, if your family's anything like mine, mm-hmm. um, I found myself in that place before, but mm-hmm. you can sure bet that five minutes later, I've forgotten too, yep. right? When, when someone doesn't put their seatbelt on and... Uh, or whatever yeah, the true, case may true. be, right? That, uh, like, that we can be motivated by those reminders of like, well, shoot, I, I need, I need to be in a place of yeah. responding and surrender. And that's, I think, that's the challenge of where we are today, right? Because yeah. the challenge of uh, the world we live in, it's that we've got the beauty of the Smoky Mountains on one side of the street, and then the commercialization of the world on the other side of the street, and it's like the depending on where I turn my head is what I see. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, maybe in one moment I'm okay. But then the next moment I'm like, oh shoot. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm off the track. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. In second Timothy three, um, Paul, he starts talking to Timothy about kind of where, where the church is going. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's Mm -hmm. not speaking necessarily of the world. He's speaking of the church and he says, but Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves lovers of money, boastful and proud, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And it's just like this idea that in these last days, people, it's just all these things that we're in love with other than the Lord, lovers of ourselves, Mm -hmm. lovers of Mm -hmm. money, right? Not lovers of the good, Mm -hmm. lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the form of godliness, going to mass on Sunday, saying our prayers, like having this form of religion, but not having like, it's it's stripped of its power. Mm -hmm. And and I just wonder, are are we... are we in these last days where we're seeing a church that um, has the form of religion, that maybe we, we're going to Mass on Sunday mm-hmm. and we're singing the songs, Lord, I give you everything and, and I surrender all, but we're not, act, like, we're not experiencing the power of the cross and, mm-hmm. and living a transformed lifestyle, yeah. right? Is it that there's so much love of self mm-hmm. and there's not actually full out love of God. Yeah. Yet. Well, we have to go back to which world is getting into which world. Yeah. Right. So the, it, it has incarnational realities. Look at the incarnation, the heavenly reality came to earth, right? That world came into ours, mm-hmm. right? And it's not supposed to ever go in the reverse, mm-hmm. right? And like even John two, I'm just seeing connections between second Timothy there and John two, when Jesus flips the tables in the temple, what, what does he say? 
you're making my father's house a marketplace. What does that mean? A place of transaction. How often do I make the church that I attend on Sunday a place of transaction? And Jesus does get frustrated there. He will flip that table. To your point, Aaron, like, it's okay for me to be frustrated when I bring in a transactional Christianity into the church because I'm actually reversing the incarnation. I'm bringing the earthly world back into the one that he's bringing. And that's when all of those things in 2 Timothy happen, at least as far as I can tell. Like, it's when I have that lens coming into the sacred space. I don't yeah. know. You can see what I'm saying, I, no, think. Yeah, like, I think. There like, is a, a play there. And we see so often in the church where it's like, okay, like we almost, we, we approach the Lord in this transactional way where there's selfishness motivating so many of my decisions, right? Like yeah. how am I being perceived by the other people in the church? What am I getting out of this? How, how like it, it becomes so much driven by me yeah. as opposed to about him yeah, and let his me, glory and his beauty. Yeah. Let me add majesty. one more thing to that too. Like, to Jesus, he flips the tables. He condemns them for making his father's house a marketplace, also known as a place of transaction. And then what do the apostles remember? Zeal for his house will consume me. He's, he's consumed by that world. He's consumed by the world of the father's house, right? Like the father's house is not a house in the world. It's a house outside of this world. It has many rooms. Like we can go into all the things that you're going through that narrative of the gospel, which I've done a few times in the last couple of years because it does, it, it gives you that understanding like, oh, wow, that house consumes Jesus and he's bringing that house here and he's taking us back to that house. And again, it, I, that's why at the very beginning, Dan, I think you, you laid the foundation so well of there are these two worlds. There are, there are, there is the world that the Lord has laid before us and in the world that we've made into, I, I, it's overused. So it's going to be a cliche, but like just consumeristic where I get, get, get instead of give. Yeah, but yeah it, it's yeah. an interesting concept. Well, and, and the reality is we, we can't trick ourselves to say that it hasn't entered the church. And just because I'm there on Sunday, it hasn't entered me, right? That, that, that there's this element of the, the form of godliness isn't enough. That it, it's, we're not looking for the form of godliness. The Lord doesn't want the form of God because the Pharisees and the Sadducees had the form of godliness. They, they had it. And the, and he said, you, you're whitewashed tombs. You're dead on the inside. Brood of vipers. Yeah. Like the, you're, you're, you're not living the life. And, and I, I wonder that, is it, you know, is the form of godliness pervading so much of the church right now. And that's why we're not seeing the power of God unleashed in the church today. Can I throw maybe another piece at that too? I wonder if, you know, the, I, I was having a conversation with a good, a good priest friend of mine um, about the, uh, the reality of, of the scandals and the, and the way that they've impacted the church. And he was, uh, he was indicating that the, the trouble is that, so many people are entering into their parishes with this, like this wound that they carry, that everything else is falling apart. I need to like trust that this is going to be my sanctum. This is going to be my, my safe escape, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that form is not only something that we enable to happen, but maybe even something that we become, that becomes an idol for us. Yeah. And then at the moment where, uh, the the crack in the foundation is revealed in that form. All of a sudden, everybody's up in arms, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, that this can happen everywhere else, but it but it can't happen here mm-hmm. because because this place is the place that I rely upon to be safe and to keep me mm-hmm. like to keep me rooted and to keep me grounded. This like it can happen to every other priest, but yeah. not but not mine, not yeah. my guy. Yeah. Uh, and and you know that the invitation is that. When we when we fall into that place of of trusting the form, without the power, that the form can never stand on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's if our eyes are locked on anything other than Jesus, it's locked on the wrong thing. Yeah. Right? That like if my eyes are locked on the opinions of the others in the pew, if if my eyes are locked on myself, if my eyes are locked on the priest, it uh, it it's all locked on the wrong thing because the only thing that matters is Jesus. They at the end of the day, the only thing that will never disappoint, the only thing that will always fill and never run empty is Jesus. And it is. It's it's not just the form of religion, it's that Oh, it's okay. Well, the form of the world didn't satisfy. So now I'll take on the form of religion or, or this didn't satisfy. So then I'll, I'll rely on this person. And, and it's, we, we're just, we're, we're constantly running empty 
unless we're being filled by him. Well, isn't it funny that uh, it's reminding me of Romans 1 where Paul says, um, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto salvation for all who believe. He doesn't say the form unto salvation for all who believe, which is interesting. It's just an interesting, like, that Paul chooses to use that it's it's a power, it's a transformational word. He uses a transformational word instead of simply a, a disciplinary word or a structural word, which again are necessary. It, it's not that they're competing narratives. He just puts an emphasis or a priority on the fact that we have to be transformed. And uh, I actually heard an analogy recently that I've been using a lot, and I, I think it I think it ties in here that. Um, because some people might be listening, thinking to themselves, okay, it, I, I see, think I see where you guys are going. You're talking about power and how the church needs that. But if the church doesn't have form, then it's lost. And the analogy I heard recently, which I, I wasn't in a church context, I don't think, but uh, hear me out on this. So a river ha- has two absolute necessities. It has banks, okay, and then it has water. The banks provide structure and the water provides power. And uh, water without banks is a flood, and banks without water is a ditch. Both are very <laughs> uninteresting things. Uh-huh. And I, I, I may have even said this in a different episode, so excuse me if I did, I, because I really have been on it. I've used it in a couple talks recently, yeah. because I'm seeing how that basic uh, like metaphor can fit into so many things. Like, yes, the church has the structure. Like, I'm supposed to go in and... Uh, like listen to the liturgy of the word and uh, and participate in the liturgy of the Eucharist. Like, yeah, of course, of course those banks are there. But without the water there, it, it's not moving things. And it's definitely not like cutting through rock, right? It's not going to the low places and raising it up. And uh, anyway, the metaphor falls short as all metaphors do. But I do think that like we're in a season of the church where a lot of times we can hold on to that form and forget that we need a full like a, a full participation of water in order for power to be there. Cause like who wants to attend a ditch? Like no one sits at a <laughs> ditch side. No one's hey, like, you know what? Like be- this is a beautiful <laughs> ditch. Right. But like, but people will sit next to rivers for hours. Like some of the great saints, like especially some, like, right. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and maybe it's also a, a bias of mine that I love rivers, but again, <laughs> it, it falls short, but I think there is something to it. Yeah. Whole cities were built around rivers. rivers. Not ditches. Yeah, yeah. Kids, hurry yeah, up. We're hurry, up. Ditch. hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. I, I just, I guess to avoid political, like to avoid political correctness, I think what I'm trying to say is the fact that, that it's, if if we if we dare to pray, Lord, I give you everything and I surrender all, do we even know how to do that in our lives? And are we a church that's saying these things and worshiping these things and confessing our like we got the penitential Mea right? Culpa, and we've Mea got culpa. yeah, we've got like the the prayers like the prayers of intercession. Are but are are we? We're going through these motions, but we're like, are we actually doing it? And if we're not actually doing it, maybe that's why we're not seeing the power. Like we're, we're wondering like, why, like, why isn't the Lord like bringing revival to the church? Well, maybe it's because we're not on our knees enough surrendering ourselves. And I've been like wondering just, uh, cause we've got this like Eucharistic revival Congress coming up next year. And it's the, the, the year of Eucharistic revival that our bishops have, have announced. I've just been like, really praying in like, what is, what is going to bring revival? What's going to bring revival? And it's just like that it, it's, it's so often the church just jumps into our, our human activity again. And like, what can we do about it? What, what programs can we build? And it says, as opposed to just worship, worship him and intercede to him. And it's like worship intercession, just like if like those that's, it's it's a total surrender. The, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I can do nothing to bring revival. You're the only one who can bring revival. Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to worship you and give you everything and, and depend on you in intercession that you're going to pour out. Not to say that we're not called to participate in that, but that that our baseline is just off mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dan, I'm, you and I, well, the three of us have been have been at this long enough. Like that if if our work is motivated by anything other than prayer mm-hmm. then it's going to crash and burn yeah right so you know yes worship and intercession in the strictest in the strictest sense of the worship of the of the mass or the worship of our truly our times of of prayer and and singing and praising the lord um but 
our our lives need to be a response of of worship as well. I yeah. mean, in the same in 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 the same breath that that you that you offer kind of this this good and just criticism of our of our celebration of prayer at mass, you know, here we are leaders of a missionary community at Damascus. How many among our own ranks? How many amongst the guys at this table? Um, how many in full-time ministry in, in, in the priesthood as, as youth ministers in various missionary communities across the world? Like how many of us are going through the motions at any given moment? And, and we've come to a place where our own missionary activity isn't coming from a place of power, but from a place of form. Mm-hmm. And I mean, gosh, I, I, I don't know. There's certainly conviction that I think is, is rising up as we, as we, address this topic, but, but what, what's our response? I mean, is, is God surprised right now as he's watching our YouTube channel? He's like, oh man, <laughs> didn't <laughs> yeah. see this one coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is the, like, this is the age old question that we've had since the time of, I mean, Moses and Abraham, yeah. uh, that, that I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to control this situation and I'm going to build the golden calf. Cause I'm afraid that you know, God's not going to follow through on the promise that he's made. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I think it's, this is a struggle with humanity. Yeah. And the question is how, you know, how do we, how do we respond? Cause, cause certainly the game's changing. Yeah. But, but I think it's the same game. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I th- another question that's coming on my mind is like, what are we missing? Like, I, I don't think that the people that are going to church on Sunday don't want to give their lives over. Like, I think fundamentally they know they're going to give their life over to something. I just, I think we've lost something. And I, the, what keeps coming to my mind is the, like the sacred. Like there, there, there's something about uh, marveling at something, right? Like you only surrender to your lives to things that are majestic, like in the true sense. And we're in a world now where I think everything is so lights on. And I mean, that, that's why a lot of people I'm sure like love incense and things, right? There's a mystique to it. When you come into like a beautiful church at 5 p.m. and it's a little, the lights are a little dimmer. That's not just an emotional thing. It's like, there, there's a mystery here. I can't just see everything. It's not a cooking class, right? Where every single thing, I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening and it's how, and how it's happening. It's, there's, there's mystique and, and there's something, there's something other about it. And I don't know, like, um, I don't even know where I'm going. I, I just wonder like if that's a question that we ask enough, like what am I missing? You know? Cause I feel like to your point, Aaron, when I am going through the motions, it's cause I'm missing something. Yeah. Like I'm missing that God's doing something crazy awesome yeah. or, or that he's changing me or that I sound different. I, I think there's a lot of things. I, I love that, that response, Brad, but I think that that, I think that that's, that, that may be more a reflection of you right huh. now huh. than it is reality. Okay. Sure. So sure because so yes like in order as a human being I constantly need to have the form changed up yeah so that I can stay flexible yeah we've talked and about so that I can right stay like in. on personal prayer or something right but but you can sure bet that you know the day we get to majestic smoky dark rooms that yeah, I'm yeah. gonna make a form of that yeah right <laughs> right 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 no I wonder I guess what I'm trying to no I like that that's a that's a good that's a good um, point because I think what I'm trying to say is the form came from a place where I recognize the power. Yeah. yeah right. Like, and, then, and I'm just not discounting your experience. No, 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 I don't No, Oh no, no. But it, no, I like that you're pushing in because it's like, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say. It's just that like, what we did is we recognized something splendid and we built a form around it. And then we forgot yeah. how splendid it was, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that universally, yeah, absolutely. but there I mean, is if something. If you go to the same waterfall day after day, after day, after day, yes. sooner or later, you're going to stop worshiping yes. God. Yes. And then go, you're just going to be like, Oh, yeah, that's I've exactly been here it. before. That's exactly it. But, but how do you, but why is that? Like, it, it, that's what I'm saying is what are we missing? Cause like, I want to be in such a state in my life where I go to that waterfall and like, I, I don't start just making it like uh, too normal. Maybe I, there I was know. this interesting moment where, and I'm not like, I'm not uh, bragging on myself by any, it was just a recognition that I had where I was, I was there like so amazed by this waterfall, taking a picture of the waterfall. And then off to the right, I see like, three other people taking selfies of themselves with the waterfall behind them. Right. And it's like, okay, I've actually made the selfie myself in the waterfall, the, the primary emphasis here, as opposed to 
look what God <laughs> built. Like no human hand could have. And it was all this, all of these buildings like that yeah, sure. human people had built. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's really neat. There's a, there's a building that looks like a, a it's upside down, all this weird yeah, sure. stuff in pigeon forge. And then there was this waterfall that like only God could do this. Yeah, yeah, Man yeah, couldn't yeah, do this. Yeah. And, and we, and we're taking selfies. And, and I, I think that when we get off the compass, we, we always will get off the compass whenever the compass isn't him and his people. When it, like the, the two ways that I know I'm always not about the form of godliness, but I'm, I'm in godliness is when my focus is on him and, and, and on his people, that that's where we find power. We find power when I'm looking at him and his glory and his majesty and his power that whenever I'm, uh, I, I'm oriented towards him, I'm always going to discover power. Yeah. And then when, as he teaches us so beautifully in his own life, Jesus shows us that also when I'm oriented towards his people, others, yeah. when, when the focus is off of me mm-hmm. and on you, I discover God's power, right? That's why the charisms, like the Paul says, to each of you, you've been given a manifestation of the Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is poured out for the sake of others. And so mm-hmm. you don't see the power of God released in your ministry for your own sake, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. for the sake of others. So right. there, there's the power of God I discover when I gaze upon him. And then there's the power of God that I discover when I gaze upon his people. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think those are our compasses. At least those are the compasses that keep me uh, sensitive to Am I am I on track or am I living this life of self? Yeah, well, that's where mystery's at. Mystery is in God and in others, and that and that's what I think I'm trying to get is is the moment I explain away mystery, I've made myself God because I'm sufficient. I understand the functionings of the mass, and so now I'm a saint. I understand the functionings of the liturgy of the hours, and so now I'm a saint. Uh, I understand human communication and how to rouse a crowd, and so now I'm an evangelist. And I, but, but the more I, um, the more I, I get rid of the necessity for mystery, I begin building functions that replace it. And again, the form of the mass is supposed to enter us into mystery. And so that's where we have to be careful to make it the answer to mystery instead of the launch pad to it, you know? And I, I, I do that all the time. Like I, I, I've had to like discipline myself because I talk to young adults so often in the world, young adults are going to say they're busy, sick, and tired. That's what they always are. Like every conversation, the first conversation that I have with a college student on my college campus, if I ask them how they're doing, I already know the conversation. It's going to go in one of those three streams, and I know where it'll land. And I used to get so bored with that. But then the Lord was like, yeah, but even with that, like why are they? What are they interested? Like there's still mystery that can even be derived from the most surface level basic response that people are giving me. So anyway, I think they're, to your point, God and his people, I guess all I'm trying to say in that is I think it's because we're supposed to give our lives fully without knowing, because there's a faith in that. Like I give my life to mystery because if I gave my life to certainty, there's no faith. I don't know. There's something in that that I'm like wrestling and churning out. Uh, So um, I see us, I see us, painting a picture of, of a good old fashioned both and right. That in, in Paul's letter to Timothy, we see this, this kind of warning almost to avoid the, avoid the, um, duality, right. To, to run away from those people who would, who would be godless. But at the same time, of course, our mission is to the godless, right. Our mission is to the lost. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, it, I think it's good to recognize that as as we um, both in the church and in the world we see examples where uh, where where we are tempted and where others have been tempted to form over power. Um, I think the question I have is, you know, what is what is our response? Mm-hmm. Because there's there's going to be times where um, where I settle into the place and I become comfortable and I create a form around around the contemplative expression of the faith. There's going to be a time where I paint a form around the, I don't know, even a more secular expression of the faith. Um, you know, I don't think the answer is in, in pushing away one or the other, mm-hmm. but, but the answer has got to be found 
you know, like Dan said, what, what does it look like mm -hmm. to, to have a life that's surrendered to the Holy spirit mm -hmm. in each of these circumstances? Yep. Because I've like, it'd be a sad day once the church buckles yeah. in and says, Hey, you know, we need to stop leaving, mm -hmm. leaving the mass because that's where well, the mystery is. Yeah. Paul's not yeah, at all true. saying there's an issue with form. He's saying there's, there's the, the issue with a, a, the mm -hmm. form of godliness without power. Right. And so mm -hmm. the, that's mm -hmm. the, for, there's a hundred percent. I mean, he also tells you, you, you if you eat mm -hmm. eat and drink mm -hmm. the body and blood in vain, you you eat and drink condemnation upon yourself. And so, go, going to mass to yep. go to mass is not good enough, right? That there's the the issue isn't yeah. it, it's it's not the form of the mass. The issue is the form of godliness that I yep. I'm doing the right thing and yet I'm not actually worshiping. And so, like the, the I, I think the the how do we keep ourselves oriented towards the right end or how do, how do we surrender all and live all for him? The clarity is I've got two missions in my life. It's to worship Jesus yes. and to bless his people. And if I'm not doing those two things with my life, I'm off course. And yeah, so, right. and, and that, I mean, that's the, I can have the form of godliness in the vocation of marriage and not be living a, a, a a vocation well, right? Good. That like I've got the form of the American dream and the form of a, a come a, home a to family. dinner, and yeah. Sit, and yeah. Like, but if I'm not loving, if my focus isn't on worship of God and love of my family, it's just a form without any power, and it's not a vocation. And you can hear Paul's heart breaking in that because what he's saying is, you taking the form of religion might actually convince your heart that you are worshiping, but it's actually a deeper thing than that. Does that make sense? Like, it, it's this like. Um, don't just go through it blindly. We already said go through the motions, but I think that's where Paul's heart's breaking is, is oh, no, 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 don't get lost and, and just doing for the sake of doing. Make sure your heart accompanies because when you bring your heart, when, when there's a heart-to-heart -heart connection, that's when power happens. So like, make sure to bring that. And I, I think, because I love that it culminates there because he's saying all of the things that we can so quickly kind of say, okay, well, I, I know I should avoid that. I know I should avoid that, right? Like, I, I don't want to be just a lover of pleasure. I don't want to just be a lover of money. Like, and I think we were taught that enough to kind of have a natural, like, okay, I kind of get that. But then to take the form of religion and diet's power, it's like, oh my goodness. Like that, that's most of my personal prayer times. It's like, I've, I've, I like have, did, and, and that's good. I, I, I'd rather take personal prayer than not, but better than any is heart in personal prayer. Lord, let's have a heart to heart connection. So power can flow from here so that we can actually do something. Yeah, but <laughs> it just look at the American like just be careful that we're not accidentally a lover of pleasure and a lover of money. Does that like so? Oh, sure, it's very, sure, very sure. Simple to yeah. say. Okay, yep, yeah, yep, I'm not right. going to be a lover of pleasure. Yeah. I'm not going to be a lover of money. But you can't serve two gods. Yeah, he said, and so like the uh, can't like, serve God and Mammon. Yeah, there. I mean, are the 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 compass is a the it's just. Uh, I guess what I'm yeah. saying is yeah. there's a lot of form of godliness in our church, and yet I, we are still lovers of pleasure, and we are lovers of money. And like, and we're, are we challenging this enough, or are we just singing the songs to have the form of godliness and, and going along with it? Because at least they're there on Sunday, right? Yeah. And uh, But if... Uh, I think just to be mindful of the fact that we don't want those who are with us on Sundays to perish because we're not yeah. Um, yeah. challenging them with the truth that is your heart and is yeah. your lifestyle yeah, sure. in union with the Lord here. Well, and that's connecting a dot for me because let's not allow ourselves to understand that we shouldn't love money more than God. Let that become so normal that we stop thinking about it which is the point I'm making on the form and power thing too, is like sometimes things become so normal to us. It's so normal for me to hear that I shouldn't love money and love pleasure that I stop thinking about it. But actually it's when I stop thinking about it and I just kind yeah. of, that I stumble back into it, yeah. that I stumble back into it. And, and so it's almost like loving money can be a form, like or, or not loving money can be a form that I take. And I'm like, well, I don't love money. And it's like, yeah. well, no, I haven't thought about it in two years. And actually all I'm thinking about is retirement, you know, like it can happen so quick whenever it becomes yeah. too normal, which again, brings me back to the mystery thing. I think, cause I don't want to lose that. Like when I first had that conversion experience, like this whole thing blows my mind, yeah. you know? And then the more, you know, you can tempt yourself to think, you know, more yeah. than you do. I don't know. All right. So I, I think we've done a 
fine job of uh, identifying the problem today. <laughs> um, what's the solution? You know, what, yeah, what's the solution? What What is it, you know, as we as we sort of wrap up our time today that we would direct our missionaries here at Damascus or what even are you guys well, living was, in your lives? That was what I was presenting for the solution is a, a, a mindset of having our, our minds and our hearts focused on worship of Jesus and service of others. That Got it. there's the... If if we're going to say if we're going to approach this form of godliness, which is critical to approach, yeah. and to say things like "Lord, I give you everything and I surrender all," what what is the guiding compass to make good. sure that yeah. I'm not a Pharisee? The the mm-hmm. the difference between the Pharisees and Jesus was was the disposition towards others and the dispositions towards worship, and and I think that is what is ultimately the 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 difference maker. That's awesome, that Dan. If I'm a mass and I'm not worshiping, I'm off compass. Yeah. If I'm outside of mass and I'm not serving others, I'm off compass. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe to um, draw in a couple of the other comments that we've made. So yeah, yeah whether it's uh, finance, whether it's pleasure, right? Those mm-hmm. things, comfort, mm-hmm. right? Security, mm-hmm. those, those things that can be a distraction for us, but aren't necessarily a distraction for everybody. I think that yeah. when... Hmm. You know, when my heart is convicted in that moment that well shoot, I I've I've taken my I've I put my focus on the news again. Sure. Put my focus on the stock market again. Mm-hmm. Then I need to ask myself, okay, how can I allow my finances to worship? Like yes. to be an expression of my worship of God. Yes. How can I how can I allow my mm-hmm. allow my finance to actually serve Correct. an investment in, in mm-hmm. others? Mm-hmm. Because because that's that's where we find freedom. Yeah. And and so, Dan, I'm, I think I'm in agreement with you that, yeah, if, if we can use those two mm-hmm. kind of as a litmus test to apply to the various areas of temptation in our life, because I don't know, for half our audience who's listening, finance may be yeah. no temptation at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it's going to be, okay, how can I, how can I allow my comfort, mm-hmm. right, this beautiful home that I've built for myself or yeah. my video games and my cell phone mm-hmm. to, to actually be something that that's oriented toward worship of God and mm-hmm. service of a community yeah. as opposed to self-service. Yeah, and I would add to, or, or maybe contain that in for maybe people who are thinking differently, like just maintaining the mystery. Like that's, because to your point, like worship of God, service of others, yeah. that's because there's mystery in that. And I think when we maintain the mystery, we can be sure that we are actually in a place of power because I'm outside of control. Like I, I, the Lord's actually driving. And there's practicals to that. Like obviously, like if I'm worshiping God, the sacraments, but bringing my heart to them. So when I examine my conscience, actually examining it and bringing my heart to yeah. say, I don't want that. I want you more than I want that. Like that, that's better than just reading through and saying, I guess I did that. I guess I did that. I guess I did that. It's like, no, I don't want that as much as I want you, right? Like when I bring my heart to that, that's a worship of God that is powerful, right? Um, those are the sacraments, right? Same thing with mass, um, personal prayer. So I would say sacrament and prayer, that personal prayer, like, am I bringing my heart before the Lord every day and exchanging it? Like, here's my heart, Lord, and give me yours, right? Like that, that's a good litmus test of my personal prayer is, did I give my heart over today? Um, and if I did, if that was 30 seconds at the end of the day, because I forgot to pray today, did I give my heart over to him? Cause he wants relationship more than he wants a time clock. And then on the, on the service of other side, like, did I avoid someone today? Like avoid someone that I was drawn to maybe because I needed to have a hard conversation, maybe because I was uncomfortable with, um, their kind of, um, I don't know, display because they were begging for money or they were at a gas station working that was in a rougher part of town. Like, did I avoid someone today? Like we can ask those questions because again, like in my head, and I think the reason I keep saying I, I don't know at the end of my statements is because I'm still wrestling with it and I can't parse it together. But there, there is something of adventure in the mystery. There is something that, that motivates me to keep doing it when I know that there's more to be discovered. Yep. When I think I have it all figured out, I'm not motivated anymore. Like I'm not motivated to meet with more people if I think I know everything. I'm not motivated to change my prayer life if I think I got it all perfect. But the moment that I'm like, whoa, there's actually always more. There's always more. And that's because there's always mystery and that can be found in worship and in service, I think. The idea of us being clothed with power is a is meant to be not a chastisement, but in a, uh, it, the beauty of the gospel. So it's the, um, as you're kind of sharing those 
areas where you examine yourself at the end of the day, Brad, that we can do. It's this idea that, okay, if I am clothed in power and the, the idea that worshiping the Lord actually releases the power of total transformation, right? That, that this, this, it doesn't have to be. And I, I think there is this element and it's true about all of us. Objectively, it's true that all of us get off off track sometimes, right? And we we have had these moments uh, where we have a form of godliness with, devoid of its power. But it's also true about all of us that we have been transformed by the power of God through worship and that our lives have been significantly transformed and and we don't want to void God, uh, 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 the glory he is due by that power. So like, all of us and every single person in the pew and every single person not in the pew has the ability to be transformed by the power of God through worship, right? And then all of us have the ability to see the power of God unleashed through our lives when mm-hmm. we serve others. And it's 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 exciting because we through through grace and through baptism we've been transformed and we've been clothed with power. And so there is power that I have access to that allows me to be totally transformed so that who I am is not who I am called to be. And I, and the Lord wants to transform me in, I don't have to keep making excuses that, yeah, sometimes I mess up and sometimes Mm. I mess up, but no, I have the power of God and I don't have my own power. So it's not like I'm really working on this because my own power is limited, but I have, I've got the power of God and I want to persist uh, persevere in worship. And then my ministry to others can be wildly successful, not because I'm wildly successful, but because I have access to the power of God Amen. in, in my family, in my Great. work, in my ministry. And um, yeah, we have access to so much. Amen. Yeah. No, that's well said. That's a good word. Well, uh, Brad, you want to round it out in prayer, brother? Yeah, I think I can. I, I, I want to, um, just on my heart, um, I think I, I just want to pray that we would be be willing to um, to actually just like come before the Lord and ask for um, just the grace to receive the words today that that might be challenging, that might be poking something in us, yeah. and to receive them with encouragement. That this message today like it has encouraged me um, in the challenge, so that that a grace would come that would encourage us. This shouldn't stop us in our tracks. It should motivate us to move forward. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord, thank you so much uh, for the gift that keeps giving, which is you. Thanks for always having more for us. Thanks for always calling us higher. And Lord, today, any of the words spoken during this time that were challenging, help those to sit with our heart in peace, that they would encourage us to move forward, that Lord, everything you speak is for the purpose of our good. It's never to stagnate us. It's never that we would sit, but it's always that we would move. So let today's message be a message of movement, a message that inspires us to do something new and to take greater risk for you, to maintain the mystery with you, and to worship you while serving others. And Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, we want to encourage you to share it with others so their lives can be blessed as well. And we will see you next week. God bless.